is tears. And there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. And all the years, no one knows just how hard you want to. But now it shows in one shining moment. It's all on the line. In one shining moment, All right, thank you for joining the FTC podcast. The goal of the podcast is always to make money. Last year, we hit 70% conference tournament since 70% NCAA. This year, we hit 58%, which is the same as the regular season, 12% below. So we have to see why are we 12% lower than usual. Got to check that out. Uh, I have securities licenses, MBA, your analysis. So we want to get to 70%. So uh, listening to the news, I heard this, right, about Putin. I'm going to play it right now. There have been other bizarre photos in the history of, uh, of Putin as a, as a president, that half-naked picture on a horse. Half-naked picture on a horse. Hockey against the Soviet national team. All of this hockey against uh, indicates Soviet that he, he, he has no... He has no uh, little man in his head that, that checks on him occasionally. So uh, he believes in himself, period. And if you think, and I've, I've met this. people like that in corporate America, if you think you're always the smartest person in the room, uh, you set yourself up for failure. And I think he, he is at that point. He may well have just... Right, about Putin, right? So if you think you're the smartest guy in the room, you're setting yourself up for failure. And they have an MBA, securities license, clients that worth 50 million, the Kepler network, net, net worth after all this turbulence, right? Managing their, their money. So we got Dylan from St. John's University. <laughs> Smarter than I am, tougher than I am right now because the weather's worse up there in New York. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> you got, uh, Arena League football player, greatness of Missouri Southern State, who helped me make 70% last year, helping me with research, breaking down teams, Chad Nolan. Thanks, guys, for helping me out. Of course, so, yeah. We got Jason from Chicago, Illinois, who we made some money for him in the football season. So he's going to help us as we go through every single game. The first, the most exciting four days in sports, the first four days of the NCAA tournament, 2011, I went on a crazy run where I made a lot of money uh, in the NCAA tournament. And my wife has not bought gasoline, with non-bending dollars, including today, where she asked me for the Bitcoin card <laughs> to pay for gas. <laughs> and that's where we store our sports betting money. So guys, before we start, what are your first words as you, as we dig into these games? Every no, game, yeah, I've been, um, yeah. I'd, um, earlier today, I did a lot of research for uh, the first four games, and then in this last hour before we're starting the show, I've been digging into some of the Big East and the A10 matchups that we got coming up. So uh, 
super excited to get into this and uh, to watch some of these games starting tomorrow. It's the most exciting six days, Josh, because you got to include the, the first four here. Oh, yeah, no. And <laughs> um, something Chad and I worked on, you know, of course, Dylan's always in. Uh, the money in the NIT is just as green as the money from the NCAA. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some NIT games that are really good that we're going to uh, post on Twitter that we feel strongly about. One right, one right now would be Oregon. All right. So, Dylan, you did some work on the first four. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah. So, the first, uh, game in the first four matchups tomorrow is uh, Texas A&M CC versus Texas Southern. Um, when looking at some of the Kempom data, um, Texas A&M CC shoots at a better better free throw percentage. They shoot 75%, while Texas Southern's only shooting at 67%. Um, there's not much disparity in the offensive rebounding department, but uh, te Texas Southern is a much better defensive team. I then looked into um, each of the team's coaches, uh, Steve Lutz is in his first year as a head coach for uh, Texas A&M CC. Meanwhile, Johnny Jones for Texas Southern. Um, he's had multiple head coaching jobs since 1999, including Memphis, North Texas, LSU. He's coached in March Madness multiple times, including last year they won the playing game against Mount St. Mary's, and then they ended up losing to Michigan in the first round. I believe they did cover that game. Well. Um, right. Texas Southern's more experienced team. And, of course, like I said, they're in March Madness. Um, I think I'm going to roll with Texas Southern on the money line. Texas Southern on the money line. That sounds good, Johnny Jones. What do you think, Chad? Um, man, I don't think it's a terrible pick at all. Uh, I, you know, I think that the money line is the good play here. I was kind of leaning because um, I think it's at three and a half right now is the line I'm seeing. Okay. So and Corpus Christi plus four. Um, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I think this is going to be a close game. Um, yep. Texas Southern does have the advantage, I think, defensively and corporate governance and the coach. Um, Corpus Christi, I just like their – I think they got some athletes, you know, and they're a team that does like to run a little bit. Um, yep. So, I, you know, I just – and they were the four seed in the Southland. So those teams that kind of go on runs to win their tournament when they're like Texas Southern was like the best team in there. You know, they were expected to kind of win that tournament um, where Corpus Christi is kind of more of like the Cinderella in this. And even though these are both Cinderella's in this matchup. Yeah. Yep. So with that, I, I think that, uh, you know, I do think Texas Southern wins this game. Um, but man, I think four points, I think they, they win it by two or three and I think Corpus Christi can cover it. Um, so that, right. that's my initial thoughts on that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think both sides of this, of this is right. We're going to bet, at least I am, we're going to bet every single game, right? Yep. So we, we talk about arbitrage, which I'll pull up in a second, where you take uh, advantage of market inefficiencies, uh, in the same sector, right? So this is the same sector for us college basketball game, NCAA games. And if my memory serves me correctly, a lot of these first four games are, are close, right? These are teams that just came off the tournament. Uh, this this really smells like both teams are really going to play conservative, uh, going to run the clock a lot. And then what's the over-under in this? Good question. Um, it's on the spreadsheet. Uh, the tab below that Jason. The over under is at 136. 136. I like that under in that. 
under 136. Both teams are going to be cautious. They're in a new gym, right? So you get to get yep. a lot of bricks in Dayton, right? So a lot of a lot yes. of bricks being going to be thrown in Dayton. They're tired. They just came off playing four days and four nights, three days and three nights. And now, now they're going to have to travel. So a lot of those shots are going to be short in the second half. Look for that second half of Okay. So we're going to go both sides of this. I call them Texas A&M Community College, but Corpus Christi. Cor- I know. Corpus Christi plus the four. It's important. You don't want to die by a three, man. You can see a tournament. A late three. They're down seven. They heave it half court. Boom, you go there. Oh, you lose. No. Get that three and a half, four, under 136, but cover your butt and, and put Texas Southern on the money line. Now, if you haven't seen Texas Southern play or Texas Community College play, don't bet this game. We've seen them play. They're on YouTube. You can watch a condensed game for eight minutes. Eight minutes of your time to make an informed investment because what we do here to have an MBA securities license is we use the process, the same process you use in, in, in selling Chinese stocks, the Russian stocks before the war. Same process you use to do that by a company. Or even to get married, right? You have to make an evaluation when you get married. Uh, same process you use to evaluate an investment is the same way you bet on a game. So what is the next? Uh, yeah, the uh, yes, yeah, so the next game tomorrow night. The uh, second game is Indiana versus Wyoming. Um, this is a pretty intriguing matchup. Both coaches here will be coaching in March Madness for the first time. Uh, Mike Woodson for Indiana and Jeff Linder at Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming is the more experienced team in this matchup. They shoot free throws at a slightly better rate than Indiana does. Neither team is dominant on the offensive glass, which I found surprising because they both have solid big men, particularly Indiana with Trace Jackson Davis. He's right. uh, he's an animal. He's probably an NBA guy. Um, Indiana's a better defensive team. I think Wyoming's going to have the big um, enough big men presence down low to slow down Jackson Davis, and I'm not sure if Indiana's going to have enough to cover the four. I think this game, again, similar to the first game we just talked about, is going to go down to the wire. I could see Wyoming coming out, but I like them plus the four. Yes, so do I. I've seen them play a lot this year. And something you got to look at the tournament, right? Uh, we did a podcast on the criteria. Uh, you know, back, back, uh, um, back court play, offensive rebounding. And when you look at Wyoming, they're fundamentally sound. That means they don't give up a lot of offensive boards. They're big inside. They wait for the right shot within the offense. They run their offense. They play really good defense. Indiana's got to be tired. They play like four games and four nights. And they don't play a lot of guys. And the only really good player that stands out is uh, uh, Jackson Davis. Right, and you yep. really didn't have a good year in the Big Ten. No, they did not. Yeah, yeah. So I like Wyoming a lot because Wyoming, the Mountain West was in a bad league, and they were the upper echelon of that league, and they didn't lose for like a month. What do you think, Jack? Yeah. 
we talked a lot about. We made a lot of money this year in Wyoming. And uh, I, mean, I, I, I like Wyoming to win this game. So plus four, um, I think I think Wyoming's got got a little bit more. Um, you know, I think I think that EK can kind of balance out Jackson Davis. I think EK even has more length than Jackson Davis. He's got that lefty sauce, you know. So, uh, yeah, and then I mean, I, I I like the shooting around. You know, Wyoming can really sh- play that inside out and shoot the three here. So, yeah, I think I think Wyoming wins this game. So plus four Wyoming, I, I like a lot. Nice. You gotta look at the under because both teams uh, are teams that like to uh, wait for the good shot, and most of the time that deep in the shot clock. So that's built under both are really good defensive teams. They want to put it on the defense. Absolutely. Right. So now the, the next game I'm going to jump into, I'm going to next game technically in terms of schedules, Bryant and Wright State, but I'm going to come back to that one after Notre Dame and Rutgers because I was a little bit unsure about okay. who, I, who I want to pick in that game. So again, Notre Dame and Rutgers, um, Rutgers is a more experienced team. Which everyone remembers a year ago, they actually had a great lead over Houston in the round of 32. They ended up blowing it and they couldn't right. hold on to the upset. But um, th- this year, they're the stronger defensive team in this matchup. Um, they're the better offensive rebounding team by a big margin. Um, Notre Dame is one of the weakest offensive rebounding teams in the country. They really don't do it at all. Um, Notre Dame Dame does shoot free throws at a better rate, but I don't think that's necessarily going to matter. Like I said, how they were in the tournament a year ago, um, I feel like that's going to fuel the fire a little bit here for them. Rutgers is a very experienced team. They're going to remember that feeling of letting that game slip away, and I don't think they're going to lose this playing game. Obviously, uh, Mike Bray at Notre Dame, he's been around for forever, and he has a lot of accolades that it's hard to bet against. But um, I, I do think Rutgers wins this game Wednesday night, and I'll take them. I got them at plus one. 100% agree. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I, I like Rutgers here, too. I honestly don't think either of these teams should be in the tournament. This game should be like Texas yeah. and Oregon. And something else to just consider with Notre Dame is that the ACC was so weak this year. And so, so when you go – when you, like, think about over the course of the year, like, Rutgers was playing, like, the Purdue's, the Iowa's, like, those yeah, teams – Yeah, schedule, not even – Illinois, close. like, it's – like, what they went through to get here isn't even comparable to what Notre Dame had to run through. Yeah, so, no. I'll definitely take them plus one, and then yeah. yeah, Rutgers here is the better team. They should be favored here by a couple points. I think they have way more star power. Yep, um, you know they got they got way more just guys that can score the ball, and they're way more battle tested, like Dylan just said. So I like, like Rutgers here. Yeah, in here they just I love betting. I don't care if I lose. I love betting the better team going to give me plus money or even game. absolutely. You know. And, that's that. Uh, All right. So then the last game of the first four. Oh, it's up? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it was Brian against uh, Wright State. So this is happening Wednesday, but before the Rutgers Notre Dame game. Um, this is the most, this might be the most even game in the tournament on Kempom. Their metrics have this game as uh, Brian is like the 182nd team in the nation, with Wright State being the 183rd. They're right there next to each other. Um, so Brian has a, Slight edge over Wright State in the offensive rebounding department. Wright State has a slight edge in the free throws. Kind of cancel out there. Neither team is great defensively. Bryant's a little bit better. 
Um, when looking at the coaching matchup, this is where there's a bit of a difference here. Um, I love Jared Grosso at Bryant. He is a um, for, former Iona guy, was under Tim Kloos. Right. He led Bryant last year to the, their best record in Division I uh, history at their school. They then topped that record this year. They went 16-2 in the conference. They won the NEC. Um, yeah. Coach Grosso will be making his March Madness debut now right. this Wednesday as a head coach. Then on the other side, Scott Nagy at Wright State, um, very different um, side. He's been coaching for over 21 years. He's made the Sweet 16 a few different times at South Dakota State, so he's got more experience there. Um, I was leaning Wright State here, but I didn't have a pick, and I was curious what you guys thought about this game. Yeah, I like I, I like Wright State all year. Yeah, I like Wright State here in this one. Um, so I think they're like a three-point favorite. I would probably just take the money line. Right. I'm seeing minus. I'm seeing one and a half right now. Oh no way, really? Yeah, may, okay. I don't know. Maybe no, it may, have come, it may have come down from when I was looking at it. Oh uh, no, you're right. I am seeing a three now. Three. Yeah, three, three and a half. So it opened at one and a half then. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. The the line went up. Okay, so yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with the line movement here. I think Wright State. I just think the Horizon League was a lot better of a league than the Northeast Conference as a whole. Absolutely. Yep. Um, you know, you had Northern Kentucky, Cleveland State, uh, Purdue, Fort Wayne, Oakland. Um, you had five, six teams at the top of that conference that were pretty good. Uh, you know, in the Northeast, you had Wagner and Bryant, and, and Wagner really fell off at the end of the year. They had an injury to one of their top players and and really, yeah. really struggled down the stretch. So, um, yeah, I just think Wright State's more battle-tested here. They've been in a lot closer, tougher games. And, um, you know, I, I really like I – th I think talent-wise, I think Vasily on the inside, I think is a better big man than anything Bryant's got. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I just think – um, you know, I think right, right State should, should win this game by six, seven points. They're a decent free throw shooting team, hit a couple of free throws down the stretch, um, take a one possession game to four, five, six points. So I like right State here. I just think they, they're the better team, more talented, played in the better conference, more battle tested. Um, also, Brian's coach, I've heard, is going to probably be leaving after the season. He's got yeah. a lot of offers and opportunities. Um, to leave the school um, after his last two seasons at Bryant did very well. So, you know, I just coaches that, that know at the small schools that the players know they're leaving, you know, there's guys, you know, Bryant that are balled out this year that are going to hit the portal and go up. They know their coach is leaving. And I think that factored in really leads Wright State here even more. So I Absolutely. like Wright State. All right. So we're going to go with Wright State because it makes sense. Uh, watch both these teams play in uh, on YouTube. It really, Wright State physically looks apart. Both coming in on winning streaks, on winning streaks. To go Wright State money line, <laughs> travel. You don't know exactly everything that's going to go on, so you kind of use it like a loser team in the NFL. Go money line, Wright State. So what do you guys think? Under because uh, Wright State could stop Bryant, right? Physically, they can just stop them on defense of that. Yeah, right. And that's under what? What? What is it? One thirty-three. It sounds right. Let me check right now for you. No, it's no. Wow, the over under is at one fifty-four. One fifty-four. Yeah. So take it under. Yeah, that's going to go under. 
All right. So let's get into uh, get into Thursday. Right in the morning, first game, first tip off for us here on the West Coast. It's gonna be nine fifteen. Wake up, get breakfast, work out, boom, game starts. Colorado State against Michigan. Michigan long losing streak. Don't select the bowl game. Teams that go into the NCAA tournament on a long losing streak end up either not covering or losing the first game. Colorado State's the opposite of Michigan. In that league again, the Mountain West against good teams or San Diego State's uh, of the world, which are good teams, believe me, they went on a long winning streak. They have a great coach, keeps things under control. Uh, Michigan's not going to respect Colorado State. And, you know, like the one guy 30 years ago, a mentor of mine, independently wealthy guy, told me, Josh, you see with your eyes. And I haven't seen Michigan beat anybody. Good, except maybe Purdue, you know, second time they played, you know. Uh, Got to go Colorado State plus three under 140. What do you think, guys? Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm kind. Of, I was kind of torn on this game again. Um, I didn't. This is not one that I really researched all that much. I know we talked about before the conference tournaments that Michigan was going to be a team that would go on a run during that and cover cover spreads for us. Here, I'm a little bit more uncertain. I haven't watched a lot of Colorado State, so that's something I'm going to have to uh, go back and watch some film on them. But um, I definitely like your logic. And I, I know what you're saying. Sometimes you just have to trust what you've been seeing all year. And let's be real, Michigan hasn't really shown anything. Right, 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 exactly. Just the name. And the reason they're in the tournament is because they have an endowment of $17 billion in the largest alumni group. Yeah. From Michigan perspective, you can't keep them out. Same thing with Notre Dame, right? What is Notre Dame? I look at Notre Dame from down there. Yeah, M- Michigan shouldn't be in a tournament, in my opinion, here. I think the wrong team's favored. I think Colorado State should be minus three, not Michigan. Uh, I think this is your typical East Coast bias here. Um, Colorado State not getting the credit it deserves. But, yeah, I like Colorado State to win this one here. So, plus three. Um, I think Colorado State wins this game outright. So, I like There's a lot of finance in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Notre Dame's endowment, right? It is $20 billion with a B. That's why they're in the tournament. You can't keep them out. Yep. A lot of money in Notre Dame. And again, a very rich alumni, uh, Notre Dame alumni group. Same thing with Michigan. Michigan's $17 billion. So uh, Notre Dame has bragging rights. They're like, oh, we got three more billion dollars with a B than uh, Michigan. How about this one, Dylan? Providence. Yep. Go to state. Yeah. So I did some digging on this game. And um, I know if you've been watching any sort of sports media, this is probably one of the most popular upset picks and brackets this year around the country. Um, Everyone thinks that Ed Cooley and Providence, that they're frauds, that they got lucky all year, all that. Um, I don't know. What I can tell you is Providence is the more experienced team. They're the better defensive team, the better offensive rebounding team. And I, I think they're going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it convincingly. Um, Eric Henderson at South Dakota State, he's the head coach. He has zero tournament experience. Right now the spread's only at minus two. Um, I think the minus two is fine to take, but normally when it's that close to even, I would just take the money line. 
So I think um, this is going to be a popular upset pick, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think Providence will win this game. Well, this is the thing I look at, right? Uh, in the NCAA tournament, you're tight. In South Dakota, it's a three-point shooting team versus Providence, who are very good shooting the three-pointers. That's when they won the regular season Big East. Right. That's what they wanted. They didn't care about the Big East tournament. That's why they lost by 17 Creighton. They just wanted to get out of there, get some rest for this. But if Providence needs a bucket, there's a couple of guys that can go inside. Absolutely. Right. What do you think, Chad? Um, yeah, no, nah, I'm uh, I'm with you guys here. Um, I think Providence is, uh, you know, these public upsets, man, you got to be careful with. You know, the upsets right. are publicizing, you got to be careful with. Uh, you know, I I just, you, you know, you, I don't believe in coincidences and getting lucky that many times. Providence is a, is a legit team. Right. Uh, they won the Big East regular season. Their talent level, um, I mean, if you're just looking at a pure value equation and where the value is, Providence on the money line has all the value here. You're taking a Big East champion against a you know a mid major of a, of, a, of a pretty weak conference here, um, you know. So I, I like I like Providence here to get this one. I I just I don't I don't I don't see you know the, the, this is it's way too public this play. Um, and I, I just don't think the public dogs do, do very well in the first round of the tournament. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys, Providence all the way. Nice. All right. Uh, next game on Thursday is Memphis, Boise State. Memphis has better talent. And you got Larry Brown sitting on the, on the, on the bench there. Uh, Hall of Fame coach won an NCAA title with Kansas, won an NBA title with, I believe, the Pistons. And what we're doing is we're using fundamental analysis, which within fundamental analysis is, is a way of picking stocks. Nobody's ever gotten rich with technical analysis. Plenty of people have gotten rich with fundamental analysis and taking advantage of market inefficiencies is what we do here. So that's why we're talking a lot about the coaches and the coaches' experience and who has a competitive advantage as a coach. So Memphis has the talent advantage and most likely the coaching staff advantage. Penny Hardaway played in the NBA, smart man. He's actually a good, uh, as a coach, he's been a really good strategist. But if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So he's brought in reinforcements. He brought in perennial uh, all-star, I forgot his name, played for the Pistons too. He's an assistant coach coaching up the big Mac guys. I uh, really like him. They beat Houston twice this year. Uh, they call a technical foul in the AAC championship game. They turned the whole game around. And Memphis just said whatever. And they're right, right, because he ended up making the tournament. So I like Memphis. Money line, though, because it could be a very close game. Any thoughts on this game, guys? Yep. Um, I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you here. Um, this is definitely uh... – Spot Memphis is the more talented team in this matchup, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. What do you think, Chad? You know, I'm with, I'm right with you too, man. I I think Boise's kind of a team that's overachieved all year, um, right. all the way through this Mountain West tournament. You know, I don't. They finished regular season champs. I think they even won the tournament. But I, I you know, I really think Colorado State, Wyoming, and San Diego State can can go farther and are better teams um, than Boise. Right. So yeah. 
I think Memphis is the better team here. Um, they beat Houston twice. Uh, I think Memphis on the money line is, is the way to go. So I'm, I'm with you guys. Sometimes there's a talent advantage. Styles make fights. Uh, Memphis can play that slow down style, physical style. It'll be fine. Uh, Norfolk State against Baylor. I looked at Norfolk State. They look good to me. Baylor short uh, salesmen think short-term businessmen and women think long-term. Baylor won the national championship last year. So you're going to take it easy this game, right? Uh, and just kind of be steady, pretty, and get get out of there with a win in the first round. Norfolk State has athletes. They can go athlete for athlete with a Baylor, right? And you say, how can they do that? Because Norfolk State gets guys who've gotten in trouble, who've been arrested, who failed out of school, but they're just as good at athletes as Baylor versus the Baylor guys who have been there for years. The other thing, almost like a bowl game, uh, LSU is throwing a lot of money at Drew here, the head coach of Baylor. He might bolt if he can make three times. He can make uh, $8 million as a head basketball coach at LSU. He wins a national title at Baylor and they keep him at uh, $2.5 million, $3 million, which is good money in Texas, right? No income, uh, no, uh, yeah, no income tax in Texas. So he might be thinking elsewhere, but then you got to think of the assistant. Oh, is he going to take me or do I stay here? Whatever. Uh, this is going to be a bigger game for Norfolk State. So I, I look for Norfolk State to cover up by the half a point and make it plus 22. What do you think, guys? Yeah, um, with a bunch of the, with all these games, aside from the Big East and A-10, I'm going to go back through and do some of my own research as well to kind of confirm what um what you guys are saying as well. But they, these one versus 16 matchups are ones that like always kind of will confuse me because when you look at it, it's like it's impossible to be like, oh, Norfolk State can play with Baylor. But when you use the logic like you were just using, it's very convincing and it makes total sense. Um, I definitely agree with saying how you take like the national champion from last year, the, like they know they'll win this game. Why you don't you don't need to do anything crazy? You don't need to win by right. forty. You know you don't need to uh, scout Norfolk State. Right, up and play your game, play your best sets, whatever. Yep. And they end up covering depending if they have the material. That's why you have to go on YouTube, watch them. Say, are they physically able to hang? Right. Right. And right. No. Norfolk State. Yes. Baltimore City College, right? The only uh, community college ever to make it into the NCAA. And the only 16th seat to be the one seat. Right. Right. Any thoughts on that game, Chad? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think uh, there's too many points in that first-round game. You know, Baylor is banged up, too. They're not the same Baylor they were last year. Um and I, Norfolk does have, I mean, they, they, uh, you know, they, they've blown teams out in their conference all year. They do have a lot of talent. So I, you know, I, I think in these, uh, you know, scarcity situation, you know, Norfolk's motivation should be high. You know, they're down 25 points with five minutes to go. They're going to play that last five minutes, like it's championship game. So um, I, I think the higher probability here is, is Norfolk to cover this one. So I I'm with you. All right. Uh, next game is Longwood against Tennessee. Uh, I'm looking at Longwood on YouTube, watching them play. They just don't have the material. So they're the opposite of Norfolk State. I yeah. like Tennessee who normally doesn't. 
cover minus 17 big lines. I like I like Tennessee covering this. Any thoughts on this game, guys? Yeah, I'm with you here. I think Longwood is not talented like some of these other smaller school teams are. Um, uh, you know, they I feel like they're kind of a, a lucky Cinderella winner. And Tennessee, man, they they really are a team I think that could go to the Final Four talent wise. Um, they have so much talent on that team. So I, yeah, I think I think Tennessee is going to beat them by 25, 30. They roll them here. So I, I agree with you. All right. Yeah. I, I, I haven't watched anything on Longwood yet, but um, I'll start digging up some research on them too. But, yeah, I know I think Tennessee is definitely a Final Four kind of contending team this year, so I think they'll roll over them. All right. Richmond against Iowa. Yep. So uh, I got a little bit about this this game. So both teams uh, rank in the top ten in the nation in turnover percentage, so they're getting good looks at the hoop every time down the court. They don't turn the ball over much at all. Uh, both these teams just won their conference championship, so this is going to be an exciting matchup. Um, they have similar free throw shooting numbers. Iowa really separates themselves in the offensive rebounding category where they have a pretty big advantage. Now, Richmond's the more experienced team. Um, I think Richmond's going to have enough to, to hang around and cover. It's, I think it's at 10 and a half right now. I'd buy it up to 11. I think they could cover the 11-point spread. I'm curious what you guys are thinking here. Last year, Iowa was a two seed, and they only won by 12 in the first round to Grand Canyon. Um, I think this is a spot where Richmond could maybe even give them a scare late in the second half. But um, I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah, I like – I mean, I, I'm with you on Richmond. I, I think back in these teams that are, all go, like, ending on runs like this, you know, they just won their tournament as, like, what, a five seed or, like, a yeah. seven. Um. I mean, I think that those teams kind of keep that streak and keep that that uh, that energy and that that you know they've been hot for the last you know the tournament run. I think they keep it going here, and yeah, I think that getting eleven points, um, I think that that that's the right side. I so I, I agree with you here. I think you get you got to look at our Richmond team that's been hot that just won their tournament, um, you know, to come in here and compete and, and keep this one within eleven points. Right. Yeah, I, I, I totally I totally agree with that. I think uh, Iowa, again, playing, uh, I think it was four four games and four nights. Three games. They, what they wanted to do was win the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Now going to the NCAAs, really is going to boil down to Richmond if they're hitting their threes. If they're hitting their threes, they can go color. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, if I go, Iowa goes cold, they can they can lose this game. Richmond, all they cared about was that Atlantic Ten um, uh, tournament title, which they got, and they're really up on a high. And I was very impressed with their conditioning because really Davidson had them beat all game. I was watching that game; they had them beat all game. They played well. They hung in, and at the end, they made up the four points <laughs> and ended up winning. So. Uh, they, they're greatly conditioned team. Um, I like them covering the 11 points. When it's 11 like that, you know the Vegas is on your side. They're thinking Richmond's going to cover this game. So we're going to be in business with Vegas in this game. Go Richmond plus the 11. Right. Richmond plus the 11. Georgia State, Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga likes to blow teams out. Georgia State, do they have enough? Uh, this is like uh, 
the NFL where some games be picked right away, like when only plus four picked right away. Some games uh, you pick during the week, and some games you pick a half hour before. Uh, I'll pick Gonzaga right now, uh, minus the 23, because I do not think Georgia State has the phys- physically can hang with uh, Gonzaga. What do you guys think? Chad, you can take this one. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I'm with you here. Gonzaga likes to blow teams out. Um, they're just at such a talent advantage here. Um, I I can't see Georgia State sticking around in this one. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think Gonzaga wins this game by 35, 40 points running away. So, I, I'm with you. Can't back Georgia State in this one. It's Gonzaga or nothing. All right. All right. Uh, Marquette, North Carolina. Marquette, yep. I can't believe they're in the tournament. <laughs> no, I, I know. Yeah, uh, St. John's has more talent than Marquette. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, this is a real intriguing matchup. Um, what I did some research on here is I've, and I found that UNC is the better offensive rebounding team. They're minimally better at the free throw line. Marquette has the edge on defense. And um, Marquette, Shaka Smart, they'll be pressing the whole game. Right. The question is, will it be enough to kind of disrupt UNC's offensive attack? Uh, obviously, uh, Hubert Davis is his first tournament appearance as a coach. So I'll give the coaching edge to, to uh, Shaka Smart here. UNC, from a player perspective, has, has the edge and experience. Um, this game is a real toss-up for me because I also don't think – I don't think UNC is really that great. We talked about the ACC before not being great. Um, I The spread's at like three right now. I would like to say Marquette plus the three. But I think this game comes down to the last shot. Right, I agree with you. So I would go uh, North Carolina money line. Yeah, okay. I'm going North Carolina money line on this one. I think they're the hotter team. They've uh, finished the season pretty strong. Yep. And I think they'll kind of keep it going. And it close game for sure, but I think North Carolina pulls out the win. All right. Right. It's, it's a system, too. That North Carolina system, uh, as long as you have the players to run it, man, they, they mean a lot of Final Fours. Just with the mm-hmm. system, right? And Jeff Lebo, John May. Uh, Jeff Lebo was a former head coach. He's helping Hubert Hubert Davis with the strategy. Jeff Lebo, I believe, won a national title with uh, North Carolina. He's out there with Dean Smith, right? Created that offense. That backdoor play. Every year you see that backdoor play. You'll see that, especially against, like Dylan saying, uh, pressing Marquette teams. Yep. Mexico State against UConn. UConn, yeah. another suspect team, right? Yeah, UConn definitely is. They've shown um, a little bit of an inability to close out games at times. Um, UConn's, a, UConn's a top five offensive rebounding team in the country, so I know we love that number. And um, I think they'll be really dominant on the glass here. Uh, they're, also, they're also the better free throw shooting team by uh, over 5%. So I, which I think that's going to give you the edge with covering the seven down the stretch. Um, the New Mexico State's coach, uh, Chris Johns, he's never made it out of the first round of the tournament. Right. I think UConn can sneak this game and win by a 10, cover the seven. But like you said, um, they're a little suspect at times for sure. So you never know what UConn you're getting. Also, they're, they're relying on their big man, Adama Sonogo. If he gets in foul trouble early, well, then it's it's probably over with the spread. So. 
Right, right, right. So uh, we'll see there, but um, I'll I'll be on UConn in this one. All right, I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna go New Mexico State plus seven because of what Dylan just said. The depth at yeah. UConn. Uh, let's see. Maybe I'll call him, tell Coach, hey, Coach, go at uh, UConn's best player, get him in foul trouble, make the rest, make a couple calls. Uh, New Mexico State is has a lot of depth, and man, New Mexico State they did cover for me, but I did sprinkle a plus twelve hundred against Auburn, and they had three free throws <laughs> to win the game at the end. With no time left on the clock, and the guy missed all three shots. You look at it, very very depressing. No, yeah, and I mean, uh, like I was saying before, the only games that I had locked in are the first four. So getting your guys' feedback on these, I'm going to kind of go back, reevaluate my thought process, and do a little bit more research on it. So it's good to get your guys' insight here on the contrary. Yes. All right. Getting more reinforcements coming in. Scott. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Josh here, too. I'm going New Mexico State plus seven. I, I watched a lot of New Mexico State this year. You know, they, they, they got some, some, some good scoring, some elite scoring. So I, I think they, they can keep this one close. I, I think New Mexico State could possibly win this game. This might be one of my upset picks here. Right. Um, I like them on the plus seven. I, I do think UConn's a team with the inconsistency. If they're kind of you know, getting some foul trouble, not playing right, New Mexico State does have the talent to beat them here. So I, I like them plus seven. All right. If the refs bet on uh, New Mexico State, <laughs> they're pretty good but, you know, for UConn. All right, Scott, we always say – if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So Scott's bringing in more reinforcements. Like the mercenaries going to Ukraine back in the against uh, Russia, man. Thanks, Scott. Well, thank you. How you guys doing? Doing good. Good. You this is, this is, Go ahead. This is the uh, draft podcast, right? The NFL draft podcast? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're recruiting. <laughs> We're recruiting uh, Chad, who was on last year for a little bit. Uh, he was in, the, I forget, either the CFL or Arena last year during the draft. But he's worked out with all these guys, right? So he's going to help us. He's actually going to be at a pro day. And uh, I know Dylan probably researches the draft a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be even better than last year. We sat here for three years. But it paid off during the regular season. Any first thoughts, Scott, before we move on? We're in the middle of uh, Thursday. Um, not really. Just, um, you know, but it should be an exciting Peter, day. Yeah, yeah. We're going to help us with the SEC. So, Kentucky and St. Peter's. Any thoughts on that, Scott? So, Kentucky um, is hitting their stride right now. I know they lost in the SEC um, to, I believe, Tennessee. Um, but they have a good uh, – Good guard rotation. Uh, the scoring comes from the, a lot of the guards, and their um, their center. Uh, I think it's Schwebe or whatever his yeah. name is. I don't. Um, so he, he's shooting around sixty percent. Um, so he's going to be a mismatch for any team in this first weekend, but especially the first day. You are on against St. Peter's. Uh, who do they play? They play St. Peter's, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're gonna. Uh, so I think Kentucky's gonna roll in that game. I I don't see St. Peter's giving them any any kind of problems at all. Uh, yep. They shoot the ball well. Um, again, their guards are their 
on their team. So, and Shui Bay inside is a, is a mismatch for anybody that St. Peter's can throw up against them. So I like Kentucky big in the first round. Yeah. So. You know, you talk about Cal Perry, you're not a Cal Perry fan. So yeah. Probably yep. should be him, but we, I've read two books on him, right? I've read two books on Vladimir Putin. I've read two books on John Cal Perry, but uh, he, he, people underestimate his intelligence. And he's a guy as successful as much money as he's made. Um, he has not won a legal national title yet, right? Everything's been um, kind of vacated. And he snitches end up in ditches, right? Right. Uh, Coach K snitched on Calipari in the one and done situation. So I, I think he earmarked this year because it's Coach K's last year to have, not he can pay for guys. Before it was illegal, he had to have a bag man, right? That I witnessed one time years mm -hmm. ago in Memphis, all legal. Uh, again, maybe an NCAA violation, but all legal otherwise. He's so, he's smart and he doesn't forget. He has a memory of an elf. Yeah. Five years apart, he's like, hi, Josh. How you been? You need me to sign another book for you? I signed, yeah, I signed Refuse to Lose for you. Can I sign you the other book? Two years, five years apart. It, Cal Perry remembered who I was. He doesn't forget. He doesn't, he hasn't believed it. He hasn't forgotten what Cal Perry, what uh, Coach K did to him, snitched on him, the NCA. But he, Cal Perry had all his ducks in a row. Cal Perry, personal. Every school he's ever coached, on probation, all the banners in UMass were taken down, all the banners of Memphis were taken down, Derrick Rhodes, Kentucky. He's never been in trouble. Yeah. Because he was very organized. Very yeah, organized. He has his best team in a while while his enemy, Coach K. So I seen them rolling in the first round, sending a message. And Chad and uh, Dylan watched, uh, because we, I'm an Iona fan. We were watching a uh, M A A C all year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like their attitude. They just don't have the physical material at all. Yeah. Some, they're definitely to look at in this game too. Like St. Peter's, um, their field goal percentage throughout the whole year is like bottom half of the country. I mean, if they're not doing that against yeah. teams in the Mac, you know, and right. And like same, like their offense in general, they're towards the bottom in the nation and they, they play in a weak conference. So you match up with a defense like Kentucky and like Scott was saying, their guard rotation. I mean, Kentucky has depth. They have, they've got some dudes this year. So there, there should be no way that this game is even remotely within the 18 or whatever it's at right now. No, no, it should be like a Gonzaga line. Yeah. 30 really. Yeah. yeah and, right, and right. Yeah, and the thing with Kentucky is when you look at them, they're shooting close to 50% yep. from the field. The uh, Shuibe is averaging 17-15 a game in an SEC that was pretty good this year um, right. in the top top part. So um, who the guy's 6'9", 255. So who, who is St. Peter's even going to roll out against this guy? <laughs> yeah, I might have tw right. 20 and 20 in this game. That's, yeah, how, right. that's how effective he could be. Right. So St. Peter's does have a guy named Nadefo in the inside who is like – one of the better big men for like mid-major schools but yeah i just he's gonna be outmatched i mean he, he is he's not completely like incompetent but yeah he, there's gonna be definitely a huge mismatch there yeah and i agree with you josh this is one of his better teams at kentucky in a long time so um 
So they, they're going to have no problems. I, I think that not only are they going to win this first game, I know we're talking about Thursday, but I think they can get out of that quad and into the final four. They, they have that type of team this year. So yeah, they're, they're a major team. Kentucky final four. I don't like future bets at all, but plus 400 Kentucky final four plus 800 to win it all. If you want to take a shot, I would, it's bit definitely worth, right? The $20. Absolutely. No question. Uh, no question. Uh, all right. San Diego State, right? Uh, Chad and I live in San Diego State country, pretty much. I followed them a lot for the last 30 years. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid in ninth grade, Tony Gwynn was the point guard for San Diego State. Amazing. Yeah, stop dating yourself. I know. Rest in peace, Tony Gwynn. Uh, yeah, they'll they'll have no problems with Creighton, but they they're a defensive team. Um, they like to physically. He he, he recruits athletes. I don't know how they pass class or whatever. <laughs> a lot of transfers with you know interesting histories, but they're all physical specimens. Uh, Creighton, man, man, what a great coaching job that guy did at Creighton McDermott. He always does, right? His kids in the yes. NBA. Uh, great coaching job. Dre- Dresher is just as equally good. Like, you know, really just a lot of things can happen. Really, San Diego staying on the money line uh, for sure. Yep. We've been a lot of games. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, um, uh, chat on this. Yeah, no, this was one that I uh, – research coming into this show. And um, I think San Diego State is going to completely shut them down. I love Greg McDermott, and I think he's a great coach, like you were just saying. But um, Creighton just made a great run to the Big East final. They got – they uh, fell short to Villanova, but it's going to definitely uh, end here for them to San Diego State. Um, San Diego State also has, like, a significant amount more of experience in terms yeah. of the players on their team. And um, I definitely like them on the money line in this one. Right. Physically, right? Because yep. they need that stop. We can stop it. If I'm not mistaken, they're like the second team in the nation in terms of like defensive efficiency, and that can't be overlooked. No. This could be a team that you could see sneaking in another game past this. So you never know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like him against Kansas, really. Yeah, I mean, right. We're talking about that today. San Diego State, we think, is a team that could probably sneak Kansas in that second round. So yeah, I like, I like San Diego State here on the money line. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, there's the this West Coast bias we see every year in this right. tournament in the lines. And I mean, this is one of them. Um, San Diego State should probably be five, six, seven point favorites here. So two and a half, take them on the money line. They're going to win this game. One thing that helped me is how horrible the commissioner is for the Mountain West. But he never has any of these games on TV. So are you in the East Coast? I don't know how many people have watched, right? Other than maybe Dylan, right? Watching yeah, no, definitely games. not many people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I agree. Uh, San Diego, these West Coast teams, as Chad said, don't don't get a lot of love in this in these tournaments, um, especially in these early games, because they're not watched by a lot of people, except the committee members that are um, assigned to watch them. So, right. I like San Diego State. I think they're a sleeping giant. I think they're gonna they're gonna win this game and give Kansas a little, uh, some problems in the second round for sure. So, you know, I take them. Especially on the monetizer, right? Because it's for us making money, justify the time off work, paying for gas prices, watching these games. So why not monetize it, right? The the important part of these these early round tournament games is times of games. What time is San Diego State Creighton playing? Are they playing early or are they playing a late game? If they're playing early, it might take them a little bit 
to wake up and then uh, and then get going. So they're playing at a uh, seven thirty Eastern time. Okay, so, so that's that's not going to be a problem for them. So yep. So, so part of the factoring in from the business standpoint, right, is what is value and for the, the sign, right? The value equation: functional factors plus psychological factors plus time and money. Believe me, uh, you were talking about it yesterday, right? Uh, Wyoming. Yeah. Flight versus Indiana. Yep. Uh, going in there on a uh, charter flight or, or a plane that's owned by the university because they're getting $50 million for the Big Ten. Right? Yeah. Why are the 19 from the Big Ten in there? Maybe a few that should not be, like Michigan. The uh, money, right? $17 billion endowment. Yeah. Right. But that gives a competitive edge because they shouldn't be there and the kids know they shouldn't be there. So, you know. Exactly. All right. So next game we're gonna look at. Uh games that are gonna be exciting. Arkansas against Vermont. Uh Arkansas uh NBA coach. What did that mean? Tanking. They tanked the tournament, got back home, got some rest, and they'll blow out Vermont. Eric Musselman, great basketball coach. Dad was a great basketball coach in the ABA and coached in the Big Ten with Minnesota. Uh, Musselman, the son, head coach, Sacramento Kings. Vermont just doesn't have the, the, the talent, right? Is there a disagreement with that one, guys? No, I'm in to total agreement. Not at all. The, the only thing with Vermont, I would say, is Vermont's experience. Um, they're, they're a very uh, experienced team. Um, Maggie Bucket saw some problems early in these games. They're always the, the underdog always plays really well. It's, right. it's how they do coming out of halftime and into into the the mid part of the second half. And I think that's what Arkansas is going to take over the game. Is in that that spot. I, I I personally would probably go maybe Vermont first half line, and then yeah. Arkansas second half line. Arkansas for the game. Big thing about the. Uh, these these teams they have experience maybe like sometimes uh i don't know for sure this time but sometimes like a montana state south dakota state if they start all five six seniors and they get down by 20 they're not panicking they're like oh yeah in our career we've been down by 20 before and we come back right that's something to look at in live betting if it's a freshman team don't put that live bet in if it's a a, a senior lane team Look at that live bet down by 20 gives an experienced team. In Arkansas, salesmen think short-term businessmen and women think long-term. Arkansas uh, is a steady Freddy team. That if they go out by a big lead, they're going to let the other team come back because they're going to put some backups in. They're going to take it easy because they, they want to win the game on a steady fashion so they can go deep into the tournament. And, and I love that, uh, you know, reading around the internet today, a lot of people are on Vermont to beat Arkansas. So I absolutely love that because that means <laughs> yep. I'm going the other way. That's, exact, that's exactly what we talked about with South Dakota State and Providence. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So. Love it. Love it, man. That's exactly what we're talking about. That's so funny. Yeah. It's, yeah, you, you carry you, it. You, 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 good. You, good. No, no, no. You guys are right. No. Yeah, you, you, you guys – you guys pick Vermont and, and go ahead and take them and think they're going to win the game because 
Arkansas plays in the SEC, and Vermont has not seen a team like this all year long. So, <laughs> no, this is an NBA team. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. have an NBA yep. coach. And if you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, right? You're set up for failure. You guys are have the perfect mindset for betting. You guys are contrarians. <laughs> yeah. Go this way, going the other way, right? Following the herd is a sure way to be mediocre. So we're going the other way. Because we got, we can't be mediocre with these picks. We have to justify our time. Murray State, I love Murray State in this situation. Why is anybody betting San Francisco? <laughs> I watch San Francisco play all year. I'm a fan of San Francisco. I'm from USF, University of South Florida. But I see these USF things, and people think I'm from the University of San Francisco out <laughs> here in California. Uh, but hey, they won the national title in 1956. With your guys, uh, Scott, Casey Jones, Bill Russell, and Bill Russell. <laughs> yep. Big time Celtics, guys. Uh, yep. That program shouldn't be as bad as they are. They should be in a better conference than WCC. You get good coaching, you have a decent guy. Uh, I share with Shad a lot about their coach. He was the bag man for Bruce Pearl at Auburn. <laughs> And he goes to San Francisco. It's like, how did he get these guys in San Francisco? Because the rest of the team is horrible. But one or two guys that kind of stick out as a sort of thumb. How did he get him there? Um, he ran his mouth a lot, saying that he should be in the tournament. Maybe he paid somebody in the committee, right? That's, that's the way this guy rolls. But Murray State has a great, complete team. Uh, kudos to Marat for sharing his money with the program, pumping money into this program. Uh, and they have a really good system. They have a good system of developing guys the way it used to be, where you develop guys into NBA players, rather Calipari way, where he uh, gets one and done. The NBA players just really get to college. Uh, what do you guys think about this game? We'll go with Scott and uh, Dylan. So, so I had said this last night, kudos to the tournament committee. Usually a team like this would get a, a 9 or a 10 seed. 30 and two, they got a seven seed and, and well-earned and well-deserved. Right. Um, Murray state went through their, went through their conference undefeated right. um, 30 and two really good team. I, I don't know the specifics on their team, but, but I know they, they can score the ball. They can play defense and those teams are dangerous in the NSA tournament. San Francisco stands no chance in this game at all. No chance. I, I, I'm on Murray State to win this game easily, easily. So that, that's my my thing. But kudos to the committee. Yeah, no. well deserved. Murray State beat Long Beach State, which had the best team they've had in a long time, by 40 yeah. points. They beat Memphis, right? They beat Memphis, and they they were. Uh, uh, down by 10 against Auburn. And then even in the second half, it's Auburn. And I will say this before the other two go. If they were not playing Kentucky in the second round, I would pick them to get to the to the Sweet 16. Right. That, yeah. That's, that's a tough draw. Yeah. yeah, tough draw. Good, good to seven seed. Bad putting him in. With Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. In a year with Cal Perry's pissed off. Yep. He's hunting down Coach Dan. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have a ton to add to this one. I haven't done a lot of research on this game yet, but – um, you guys have me totally sold on Murray State here. And from what I what you're talking about, they've been 
kind of they've been putting together this sort of system where they build up these players. They've ever since John Moran, it feels like they've been getting like more time, more uh, stronger recruiting classes, yeah, yeah. things like that. And so I think you're going to see them for years to come. Now they're going to be kind of they're really going to be running that conference. They're going to be putting good teams in the tournament year after year. I believe they're switching to the Missouri Valley next year as well. Oh, that that's interesting. Being there with Loyola, Chicago, Drake. Yeah, I wonder if the AAC is going to get in there, try to get them for basketball, because they, they would be perfect with Wichita State that's already in the AAC, right? Like a Midwestern rivalry. Interesting to go to Missouri Valley, because Wichita State came from the Missouri Valley. So maybe there's more to this story. Uh, Akron, we missed them, right? But we watched the game intently, right? When you bet on games, you have a higher – Awareness is accurate. Can state game against UCLA. UCLA, this is what they care about. Uh, they sat out two guys in the Pac-10 championship game. They could have played. They didn't. Uh, they, they shouldn't have talked about wanting to be in San Diego. They're in Portland. They will roll accurate and cover the 14. This is almost like the Tennessee game. They usually don't cover big numbers. But in this spot, you have to go to UCLA. The Akron isn't really that good <laughs> at all. Um, the Mac is probably down this year. You guys have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I like I like UCLA a lot in this spot. Um, I I think that they're going to uh, they're going to dominate against Akron. I think they're a little upset that they're not going to San Diego. Uh, so I I believe that they're going to uh, they're going to roll by at least 20 in this game. I think they're going to come out with uh, guns a-blazing. Um, they're going to hit their threes. They're going to hit their free throws. They're going to play really solid defense. And I think they're going to get through this first game pretty easily, pretty easily. So, Yeah, I, I agree, too. You know, UCLA and Cronin, historically, you know, he kind of will put in his tournament style where he does slow it down um, and you get a lot more unders and, and not, not the best team to back as a favorite. But – I think they've shown this year that they have covered some big spreads as a favorite. They do have that offensive ability to blow teams out. Um, and Cronin seems to be letting them do it a little more than he has with teams in the past. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is a good spot. Um, I don't think there's going to be any other spot in the tournament that I'll be looking at UCLA as this no. big of a favorite. But I think this first round spot is a good one for them here. So I, I, I'm with you guys. Yep, I'm in agreement here. Um, UCLA is actually a team that uh, I think could make a, a another deep push here into the Elite Eight, maybe even the Final Four. I know they'll run to Kentucky or something, but you can't you can't deny the experience that they brought back from last year and um, when they made that run. And um, I think everyone's kind of coming into this year. Everyone was high on them. Then everyone wrote them off, and I think they could surprise everyone again. So I think it, it gets started with them against Akron, and they're going to roll over them. Yeah, I totally agree with Dylan. I'm looking at their bracket now. They, their side is pretty good. Bale is not a very good number one seed, and that's who they would play right, in a right. 16 game. So I, I like them to get to the Elite Eight. Yeah, oh, they'll beat Baylor. It's going to come down to Kentucky-Purdue, whoever wins yeah. that one. 100%. 100%. This is the first time McCrone has had multiple NBA players on his team. So he's learning how to take the pedal, metal, you know, the, the the pedal off the metal or some whatever whatever that saying is, um, and letting letting them play a little bit, letting him run maybe first round in the NCAA tournament against Akron, right? Why not get multiple players and then kind of put the screws back in 
uh, the second game. All right, we're done with Thursday. All day watching basketball. And then ready for the next day, we make adjustments. Loyola, Chicago against Ohio State. So some games you pick right away. Some games you pick in the middle of the week. Some games 30 minutes before uh, they tip off. Man, Loyola, Chicago, Ohio State, I have to do more research on. What do you guys think, guys? Um, I also gonna have to do more research on this, but uh, first glance, Ohio State this year has not impressed me at all. No. They, um, there's been multiple occasions where I feel like where we have bet them, and I feel like they are almost never coming through for us. They've been no. a team that Scott kind of was talking about. I forget who you're saying, but Kentucky hitting their stride at the right time. Ohio State's done the exact opposite. They've just consistently declined on like the back end of February. And um, I think Loyal Chicago will get the job done, but I had to do more research on this game, 100%. Yeah, I love, I like Loyola big time in this game. I'm, I'm taking them. They're, they're underdog, I, I believe for sure. Um, so I think the I, line's I, like even right now, but is yeah. it even? Yeah, I like Loyola. I, I, I don't like Ohio State at all. I don't think they're playing really good basketball right now. And I think Loyola can give them uh, major problems um, in the transition game. So that's what that's what I think. To me, is another team that I don't think should, I mean, even be in the tournament really. Yeah. Uh, I I think give me some sister Jean, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's cashing tickets every year, so I'm I'm not gonna overthink this one. Loyola Chicago. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, they've lost one, two, three, four, five, six out of their last eight games coming into it. I'll do some more research, but there has to be something wrong, right? You never know what what brings a team down internally. Who knows what the coach did or whatever. Sometimes it's been, I've seen this happen. Sometimes where one of the players is dating a girl and they think they're going to get married and he starts cheating on her and the whole team gets depressed. <laughs> it was a college teams, right? Something stupid like that. But something happened to Ohio State where they just started losing games. Um, and I got to watch myself, right? Never bet your own team. He coached for Butler. And part of that Butler podcast I did with a guy, he was a big part of it. We talked about coaching governance in uh, college sports. And Butler, they didn't even make the tournament. But their earned advertising revenue is $2 billion. Right, that shows the kind of money that's into it. That's why we use the money, you know, the money equation on that. Yeah, you guys are convinced me. So it's going to be hard to get me off that Loyola edge because they have good rest. And Loyola should have made the tournament, even if they didn't win the uh, the uh, Missouri Valley. And, and the other thing, and the other thing in these early first round games. Is how a team is playing coming into this 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 spot, and Ohio State is not playing well at all, and that could that could carry over into this game. So, right, it, this could be a game to wait on to bet though, because you, you might get some uh, late money coming in on Ohio State. I don't know for sure, but I, I think I could see that happening. Yeah, and Midwestern people that just opened up their casinos up there in Ohio, Illinois, all those places. Where are they going to bet? They're going to bet Ohio State, right? The the they start watching the Big Ten Channel, right? Loyola lost by two to uh, Michigan State. They were in the game against Auburn. They beat Arizona State. They beat DePaul. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat San Francisco. Who's in the tournament? Yeah. So 
It's a strong lean, uh, Loyola. Auburn, Jacksonville State. Give me Jacksonville State plus a 16. They have really good talent, the style Auburn plays. And I've made a lot of money betting against Auburn this year as an overhead team and traditionally against Bruce Pearl. He usually has all these paid players. He's <laughs> against his legal Auburn. And he tries to keep him happy. He presses. He's great as a dog, bad as a favorite. Again, New Mexico State game, I almost took him plus 1,200 and then missed those free throws. Uh, give me Jacksonville State. And Jacksonville State has some material. Uh, Chad and I have been talking about Jacksonville State all year. They have the horses. What do you think? What do you think? But, man, th- so, Josh, in this game, I, I, I'm thinking the, to go Auburn the other way. This is why. Jacksonville State, how'd they even get in? They lost in the semifinals of the A-Sun. The championship well, game was Bellarmine beating Jacksonville. Yeah. So You Bell- know why they got in? Here's why they got in. The champion of that league. Bellarmine had- was in transition from D2, and it hasn't been four years. So I think Jacksonville won the regular season title, right. and that's right. why they got in. So yeah. it doesn't go to the runner-up of the no. tournament? No, no, it goes went to the regular season champ. Regular so season that, champ. That, to me, that's complete BS. A team that lost in the semifinals, they don't even deserve to be there. You right. know, like, I, I just – I think Auburn knows that. This team is so lucky to be here. I mean, it's not – I don't think they're that good of a team. They couldn't even make it to their conference championship and, I, and a not a very good conference. Um, I mean, do they muster up a bunch of motivation here to, to – to, lose by 14 and barely cover i mean if they do cover it's gonna be a backdoor last second i just i don't think this team deserves to be here i don't know you know how i mean i wouldn't even feel right as a player knowing that like i lost in the semifinals and i'm going to the tournament this is how i go you know like it's almost like but but it was pretty determined during the season so they knew uh, during the season if they won the regular season titles it was the end of the tournament well, no, but if no, no, if if uh, Jacksonville or if it's the other won. team had, yeah, if Bellarmine had lost, that team would have went. Yeah. yeah. So Bellarmine, yeah. if Jacksonville would have won the championship game, they would have went. The only reason it defaulted back to the regular season is because Bellarmine won it all. Yeah. So, so Jackson Jacksonville State strikes me as a team that's going to live and die by the three. Right. In this game. And if they don't start off shooting the ball well, they're going to lose all kinds of confidence, and, and Auburn's going to blow them out. So I, I would I would agree with Chad. I would go Auburn um, simply for that reason only. I, and I think Bruce Pearl knows that that's exactly what Jacksonville State's going to bring into this game and live and die by the three. If Auburn gets up early, Absolutely. I, don't, I don't see Jacksonville State coming back and covering. I see it no. kind of – they don't even – shit, we don't even deserve to be here in the first place and look at us getting our ass kicked. Let's go home. You know, yeah, and the other reason why I would pick Auburn is because they're a little bit ticked off about how they perform the SEC tournament. So I, I would I would say that they're going to come out with with fire and ready to go and not look past Jacksonville State. I, I don't think they're going to be a team that that is uh, going to look be looking ahead. So they're going to take care of business, I think, in this game. Interesting. Uh, Jacksonville State lost to Alabama, sixty-five to fifty-nine at Alabama. They beat Little Rock. They beat Drexel out of the 11-10. And they lost by three to Wichita State. 
So you're not going to be intimidated by playing Auburn. And Auburn, I think, is a brick factory. Uh, what do you think, uh, Dylan? Um, this is a game that I, I have not done much research on this, to be honest with you. I don't know much about Jacksonville State um, at all here. I am agreement with you that Auburn's overrated, but I'm going to need to do a little bit more research on Jacksonville State before I will say that, they'll, um, that Jacksonville State will definitely cover this. Right, right. But I just like the way they played against Alabama. Very similar team, very similar style. Yep, fair. It's almost like the NFL season. Whenever we just feel like it's probably going to be a crazy game. So <laughs> watch, watch some craziness in this Jacksonville State Auburn game. My boys from Montana State uh, against Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech will go far in the tournament. I think 15 points is just too many points. Montana State, yep. they're, they're playing for their life scarcity. They're going to give them their best punch. So I think Texas Tech wins by four to ten points. I like what Dan State covering. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, Texas Tech is the best defensive team in the country, and um, I think they could they could make a Final Four run. Um, but like I said, best defensive team in the country, not the best offensive team. Can they cover a fifteen point line? Right. Uh, I'd probably lean Montana State here. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I would take Montana State in the under because I think Texas Tech is gonna smother them, and, and I think that Mo if Montana State comes with any defense at all, this is going to definitely be a 45 to 42 type of game or just yep. barely in the 50s. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. Low-scoring low game, you got to go with that double-digit dog. I, I, I right, think right. State's a really good team here. Um, 15 points is too many, uh, especially for the style. Texas Tech is a defensive team. Um, they're not up and down the court. going to outscore you style team. So, yeah, I just – think when you look at the styles here you you got to go with the 15 point dog in montana state yeah and the thing about texas tech right the best defensive team in college basketball that means that for them a five point is really like a 15 point because they're like it comes down one possession we're gonna stop that's it game over uh purdue yale the yaleys um i think they're a bad basketball team <laughs> We got no shot against Purdue. Purdue's coming off a loss. And you got to listen to these coaches. And the Purdue coach was like, what's important for us is the first game of the Big Ten tournament and the first game of the NCAA tournament, right? He's a coach's coach, right? Beat who you're supposed to beat. So usually when coaches talk that way, the talent Purdue has, I like Purdue, minus 15 over Yale. What do you think? We'll go Dylan, then Scott, then Chad. Yep, um, I don't think Yale is going to have uh, nearly enough to uh, hang with Purdue. Purdue is one of the or the third-ranked offense in the country. Yale is the 203rd-ranked offense. Um, obviously, we've talked about on past podcasts that where Purdue might have mishaps down the road is on the defensive end, and they've shown um, they had they've collapsed at the end of games again again in some Big Ten games this year. But against a team like Yale, they're going to put them away early similar to what Chad was saying about what he thinks is going to happen in the Auburn game. Purdue will go up like 15, 20 early in this, and Yale is going to have no chance of coming back. I I totally agree. I think Purdue is the sleeping uh, team in this East region. I think they can, it, they, they will definitely get to the Sweet 16, I think. Um, they're the team that's underlying right now. They're, they're the sleeping giant that's sitting there. I, yeah. think, uh, I think they're going to win this game easily. If this was against Harvard or Princeton, 
I might say that that underdog is going to win, especially Harvard or cover, not win, but cover. Right. Yeah. Uh, in this game, Purdue is is going to roll. Purdue Purdue has got the uh, got the talent, got the weapons, can uh, play a slow down game, can play up tempo game. So I like Purdue in this game to win. Yeah, I'm on Purdue here too. I, I they just they got so much more depth, so much more size. They're going to come at so many more angles here, you know. And Purdue, like Scott was saying, I think Purdue has the highest ceiling, um, you know up there with Kentucky in this, in this bracket. So, you know, do they always play up there? No, they don't. Sometimes they play down, but man, if everything's clicking for Purdue, man, they're a team to watch out for. Um, yeah. And I just think they're just, they, the depth and the size and the talent is just going to, they're just going to overwhelm um, yell on this one. So I, I think Purdue rolls them. I agree. All right. Uh, going now with Dylan. Minus 15 against Delaware. All right, yeah. So um, we got some notes on this here. Um, so obviously, we know Villanova's winning this game. The question's against the spread here, right? So right now the spread's hovering around 15 or 15 and a half. Um, Delaware's a very strong offensive team, but they're running into a rock-solid defense of Villanova that ranks top 30 in the country. Villanova's offense ranks top 10. Villanova is a Final Four contender, um, no doubt about it in my mind. They don't turn the ball over very often. They're not going to give Delaware a lot of chances to uh, stay with them. Villanova is also the best free throw shooting team in the country. So if it's coming down to the end of the game here with us worrying about the spread um, around 15, we'll be good in that respect. This will be um, Martin Ingleby's first uh, appearance in March Madness as a head coach. And I think Villanova can win this one in a big way. Something um, a little added thing to look at here is this game is being played in Pittsburgh. And so there should be a lot of Villanova fans making the trip right. to this game. And um, even more the reason for them to put on a show for the fans and really run away with this one. Yeah, and the other thing I look at is when Selection Sunday is reactions. And Villanova had that business-like reaction, like we're going in to play Delaware. We're going we're gonna to do what we need to do. We're going to win that game easily. Absolutely. Out of it. Um, so reactions, to, and they just won the Big East Championship, and Jay Wright was – commenting on how it was like a tournament atmosphere. So those kids are definitely ready. It's a veteran team, been through it before, know what to do. That's immense in the NCAA tournament, especially in these early rounds. Um, they'll roll easily against Delaware. I don't see Delaware putting up a fight at all in this game. Yep. Yeah, I think Delaware, the way Dylan's describing it, is going to get frustrated, right? With that tough Villanova defense and kind of quit at the end. We think that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to kind of concede to Dylan here. He's been watching these teams all year. And I mean, I, I, Nova and Jay Wright, I mean, they're, they're hot. They, they're, they've just won the Big East championship. They got tons of senior leadership and experience on that team. Forget um, about it, yeah. I think they're going to go, I mean, come in and handle business. I, I, I mean, I agree. I'm not going to overthink this one. Um, I'm, I'm with you guys on Nova here. Yeah. So this game, I should probably, uh, accuse myself of like a judge does because I know the uh, played basketball high school and eighth grade with an assistant coach in Miami. Um, I've been watching your seat while you're in a right now, I'm eight and two bidding against USC. <laughs> Last 10 games, yeah, high life. So what do you guys think? Who's this research? This USC Miami game? 
No, yeah, I do not think that USC is a very good basketball team. Um, like you just said, we've kind of been fading them all year. and um, yeah, been, been monetizing it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's been profitable. Um, it's going to scare me a little bit in this one is USC's size. They're, they, I think they'll be pretty dominant, especially on the offensive glass against Miami. But USC is a very poor free throw shooting team. This game is near a pick right now in these close games. Um, I think it's important to look at the free throw shooting uh, um, disparity here. And, uh, yeah, so I'll definitely be on Miami. Yeah, do I did a little research on Miami. Their top four scorers are guards, so they're a guard-oriented team. That's where they get their scoring from. You only turn the ball over ten times a game. That's a dangerous team to play. Right. They know how to take care of the ball. They know how to run their offense. They know where to get the ball to, who to get the ball to. Uh, played a lot of close games, a lot of close games. So if it's a close game, like it probably is going to be, I think Miami has the wherewithal to pull it out. Um, you know, they know what to do in close games, how to play. Uh, ACC, you know, they played teams, good teams all year long. Even BC, who gave them trouble uh, in, the, in the tournament, uh, they won that game in overtime, but they knew what to do down the stretch. Um, so I like Miami in this game. I, I just think that USC is not a, not a good team. They're another team that's a, a head scratcher um, in terms of t- getting into the tournament. So, um, and how they've played in the last, last, I'd say 10, 12 games. So I, I would take Miami in a close game. Yep. And it's going to go yeah. under, I think it's going to be an under game too. That's, that's where I think it's going. Well, his dad coach, Chad's dad coach, the Mobley brothers. Oh, well. Isaiah Mobley is on USC. What do you think, Chad? Like in like fifth grade football, youth football. <laughs> uh, man, I I was leaning SC here, but I mean, after hearing these guys, I'm gonna seriously reevaluate. I think I got some bias, some West Coast bias that I'm I'm um, <laughs> overvaluing the Pac-12 and SC here. Um, you know, SC has. You know, if I look at the three teams from the Pac-12, Arizona, UCLA, USC, I mean, USC is definitely the one that if I'm going to fade any of the three, that would be the one. Right. Um, you know, Miami do- is guard heavy, you know, and, and um, you know, USC sometimes can struggle with their guard play, you know. Um, you know, they really got, you know, Boogie Ellis and, and Ethan Anderson. Um, you know, they, they don't really have – I mean, I mean they, they kind of get their scoring from more, you know, um, you know mid three, three, four guys. Um, you know, that can kind of get in and, and, you know, create taller guys that create create some jump shots for themselves. They're not really a guard-heavy scoring team. So, you know, I think the guard heaviness of Miami could give USC some fits. Um, you know, and, yeah, I mean, down the stretch, um, that free throw shooting could, could, be, could, could, could be huge. So uh, definitely going to look at Miami heavy here. Um, you guys just changed my uh, – USC lean to a Miami lean, but I'm going to do some more research before I come to my final pick, but that's all I got for that one. Yeah, business is about being pragmatic and open-minded. That's really what diversity is, not race or or, or gender or disability, right? It's being open-minded, right? Um, Putin was not open-minded about invading Ukraine, right? And now he's in trouble. So you got, and you don't listen. We talk about it a lot. You do not listen to argue. You listen to understand, right? And this is business and money. You do that. Uh, I like uh, 
Texas, Chris Beer. Yeah, I was going to say, let me stop you right there. This is my favorite game on the entire board. Go Texas, Texas minus one, Texas money line, whatever you take it at. <laughs> this, this has to be my favorite game on the entire board. You bet your ass that they've Texas, – Texas was up by 18 against TCU in that first game, first game they played in the Big 12 tournament. TCU ended up coming back, winning that game. If you don't think Chris Beard is going to have this team ready to – come out and, and beat Virginia Tech, I mean, I'd be shocked if they don't. Virginia Tech just won their Super Bowl in the right. ACC tournament. They, the, their season's a success. The Texas season starts uh, starts this weekend. Yep, and that re- the rest factor, right? Virginia Tech had to play four games in four days to get that title. So the rest factor for Texas, huge advantage. Absolutely, absolutely. Nice. Love it, man. Love it. We're going to have fun watching that game, right? Having fun, making money at the same time. Double up on the Texas Longhorns. <laughs> Any dissent? No, no, no dissent. All right. Love it. Uh, I'm going to have fun watching that game. Uh, Illinois, have fun watching this. I go Illinois minus seven. What do you guys think? Yeah, I like Illinois in this game. Um, I think they're like Purdue. They're a sneaky team in this tournament. Um, I, I think they can they can win by double, double digits in this game. Uh, they're a sneaky good Big Ten team. I mean, they, you know, they're better than Ohio State. They're better than Michigan. I think. Um, you know, they're probably either the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten. I think so. I like them to win by double digits in this game. Um, I think they they're a team that is a prove it team to a lot of people, right, and right. I I think they'll prove it in this first round. So I like them a lot. Yeah, their coach uh, a month ago gave because they lost in the first round last year. So he gave an assignment to all the assistant coaches. I want you guys to come up with. We talked a lot about what Belichick does, right? He has a whole Belichick goes to an extreme. He pays a whole other staff to look at their weaknesses. So he told us that look at our weaknesses to make sure we have a successful NCAA tournament. So really, minus seven seems low against Chattanooga. What do you think, Dylan? Um, yeah, this is going to be a game I'm going to definitely do a little bit more research on, only because I've um, I haven't watched Chattanooga at all play, which I'm going to have to go back and uh, watch some a little bit on YouTube. But I've from what I've heard is that they are built as size wise like a, like a high major team. And so that I'm going to have to go back and look, obviously, but that will um, possibly scare me with the seven a little bit. And um, thinking again, kind of like we said with UConn, when like if Adama Sonogo gets in foul trouble, right. do they, do they hold on enough to cover that line? If you get uh, Kofi Coburn out of this game in foul trouble or something, because if he's going against other big men, can Chattanooga cover the line? This is a game I'm definitely going to have to do some more research on before I put anything in. Yeah, and how are the refs going to call the game? The game's in Pittsburgh, right? If it was in right. the West, I would, I would be like Illinois. But this is in Pittsburgh, uh, Chattanooga. Uh, I just think since the focus is going to be on this game, you're going to have extra scheme-wise – Yep. You have extra juice for this game. And it's Chattanooga, right? It's not Kentucky. Right. <laughs> right? And, and I think the depth, quality depth will be important here. Uh, we'll go Scott and Chad. Game are we on now? Uh, Illinois 
in the Chattanooga Choo Choo, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I already, I already talked. Uh, Illinois. Illinois big in this game. I, you know, I have to watch a little. I'm like Dylan. I got to watch a little more on Chattanooga, but. Um, just at first blush, I like Illinois. I like him as a prove it, prove me team. This is the reason why we got in the tournament, and they're they're a four seed. I think they're the third best team in the Big Ten, in my estimation. So, um, yep. I like them a lot as long as they can stay out of foul trouble, stay in on the floor. Um, I don't think Chattanooga can compete with them. So, and we'll have all the picks on Twitter. Consistent yeah. picks on Twitter, and the games you have to do more research on, we will post those as well. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, man, that's crazy. I just looked. The Big Ten got nine teams in, huh? Yeah, yep. absolutely ridiculous, man. And three I, of them don't deserve it. So, right. But I just, I can't believe it. Um, but yeah, no, Illinois. I mean, money, I just, right? Again, we look at the value equation. Yeah, I just. What's the value to them having in there? The money, the seventeen billion <laughs> the Michigan alumni has billion with a B, and each team gets fifty million dollars from the TV contract. So they put that into marketing. So the, the committee is doing a parlay, right? Are some committee members going to get jobs in the Big Ten two, three, four years down the road? I don't know. I do know it's legal for them to do so. Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, but um, I mean, I just looked at like what, what the size of the big man for Chattanooga is going to be covering Kofi and you basically got six foot nine, two fifty against seven foot two eighty five. There you go. All right. So, so I mean, I did. I, yeah. You, well, the refs control the game. You know, it's almost like you want to be at the tournament game. Chad and I will be in San Diego at a couple of tournament games. Yeah. I'll embarrass Chad when I go to the refs. Who do you got? In this game? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know who Because he can call. Kofi turns around. He can call foul on him. Right. He's turning around. Everybody's falling back. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you just look at the big men that Kofi's gone against in the Big Ten, the Hunter Dickinsons, the Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, right. he's been against, like, when he, when he's at this much of a mismatch, I mean, he's going to go for 25 points easily. Right. He's just going to turn around and put the ball in the hoop. If we get the Puerto Rican ref from the Big Ten, those throwing games. <laughs> foul, foul. And the, and the other thing is with these Big Ten and big schools, they go against athletic big men and guards every night. Right. These little schools like Chattanooga and stuff go against athletic uh, big men, like in the Big Ten, like in the ACC. Probably not. So they're going to have a trouble handling this guy. So that's the other thing I looked at, too. Big, big time, big time. Uh, UAB Houston. Houston does not cover big spreads. Again, they're like uh, Providence. Uh, they're like um, Texas Tech we talked about. You got a five-point lead for Houston. It's really a 10-point lead. So when you're looking at 8.5, that's really um, 30 points. I think UAB can grind out and lose this game 69-61 which would cover the 8.5. So I'm going UAB. They have the horses, Conference USA, the South, uh, to keep it close against Houston. Again, salesmen think short-term, businessmen think long-term. Houston made it to the Final Four. They just want to grind out wins, suffocate the other team with defense, and be steady Freddy through the tournament. 
we go we'll go Dylan then Scott. What do you guys think in the chat? Yep, I am definitely in agreement here. Um, I don't have the stat in front of me now, but I believe UAB averages like 80 points a game. This team can definitely score the rock. Um, Houston, historically, and this year, again, they play great defense. There's no doubt about it. But I think UAB will be able to do enough to stay within that number. And, um, yeah, they, they shoot. they're the better free-throw shooting team in this matchup. Um, if they can keep Houston off the glass, especially on great offense, the, that will be the big key here. Um, but, yeah, I think UAB um, has enough to cover the spread. This is kind of a trendy underdog. Um, I think they can definitely keep it within the, the eight and a half, the nine. Well, these five twelve games are always tricky. And here, right. here, comes this, here comes this one, which is a tricky game. Um uh, much respect and kudos to Calvin Sampson for what he's done with that team, especially losing two guys early in the year. Right. Uh, and, and what they've done winning that, winning that conference tournament. Um, I'm in full agreement with you and Dylan. I think uh, UAB is, is going to keep this close. It's going to come down to, to the last three or four minutes, but I think Houston's going to, going to sneak it out and win the game. I'm, I'm looking at a, in a, in a definite under in this game. I think this is going to be in the mid to mid to, high 60s for both teams um you know can UAB score 75 80 points yeah they could but I think Houston's going to have enough to win the game um and keep it in the 60s I mean, Houston's not going to score more than 65 66 points so that's my right. thoughts on that game right yeah Houston should be able to control the tempo yep yeah. UAB uh 63-66 against South Carolina they've beaten New Mexico by 13 points 61-63 against San Francisco. They yep. beat St. Louis 77-72. And then they lose to West Virginia 59-65. to so And they, I think they, they just beat – they beat Memphis 72-57 in the conference tournament championship game, something like that. It, it was, you know, it was in the, around 130 total. So that that's going to lead to an under two. I don't – Big time. So. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I like um, – I like UAB here to keep it keep it within the the eight points. Um, you know, Houston's de a defensive team. They're gonna play great defense, but I think that lower scoring game it, it leads to the the underdog covering that spread, especially when we start getting close to double digits. So I'm with you guys on on the UAB pick. Now this is probably gonna be the most fundamentally fundamentally sound game in the first round. Davidson against Michigan State, man. I feel so bad for Davidson. You know what? Yeah, I, I was taking – You know, because when you told – like when I was going through the A-10, the Big East matchups, this game had my head in a blender, and so I hope you guys can sort of help me break this one down. So, obviously, we talked last week on the conference tournament podcast how right. Tom Mizzo and Michigan State will cover the spread for us, which they did three times in the Big Ten tournament. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thank no, you. I know, especially, especially with that last one. It was like a six-point spread. He just snuck it in. Um, but I think this is going to be a tough matchup for them. Um, if Davidson gets hot from beyond the arc, especially early, this is going to be tough for Michigan State to catch up. Davidson ranks near the top of, like, every offensive category, highlighted by their um, three-point percentage, with, which is eighth best in the nation. Michigan State does have a big advantage on the offensive glass. That's um, but you know, uh, Davidson's coach is great in his own right, as is Tom. Oh, yeah. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Absolutely, uh, Davidson's defense is not great, but I it might be enough to 
to um, get this one over Michigan State, but I'm really torn on this game. So uh, I want to hear what you guys have to say. So, so as I said on the podcast last night when me and Josh were on, is that I, I went and saw Tom, Tom Izzo talk. talk. Um, you know, I was a high school basketball coach for almost 30 years. His talk was on defense, rebounding, yep, yep. rebounding positioning, and they have a, a drill in practice where they have a game called war where they put lids on the hoops, and all they do is work on defense. And when the NCAA tournament comes around, that's big. So okay. I'm going to take Michigan State in a defensive-minded type of game. Right. That Izzo wants to muck it up, play hard on defense, and get – and this is Izzo's, Izzo's time of year, March. So I think he's going to win this game, close game, one-possession type of game, but I think Michigan State is going to have enough to pull this one out. So I'm going to, I'm going to take, um, if the spread is more than three, I don't know what the spread is. I'm taking Davidson. Yeah. If the spread if it's under three, I'm taking Michigan state. Yep. And spreads, think- at, spreads at one point. And now not to add any confusion, this game is being played in South Carolina. Does that change anything? No, I think Michigan state's still going to win the game. Okay. They're going to win by three. This is the thing. Uh, if this game is called tightly, it's going to help Davis. Yep. If they let him play, that's Michigan all day. Michigan basically has a football team. Davidson has a basketball, very skilled guys. But those guys at Michigan State are skilled enough. And Tom Izzo, and we were looking at it last night because I was shocked because I was with Scott. I didn't think Izzo had been in the Final Four for a while. He had yeah, yeah. been in the Final Four 2018, which, you know, you knock the COVID year out. That's not Part in in thirty years as a Division One coach at Michigan State, though before he did Judd he coach Magic, every four years he's gotten one class into the Final Four. They lose the first round game against UCLA. They're gonna have extra use, extra scheming for this game. The only thing that they can keep Davidson close is if the officials call it tight. See a lot of fouls on Michigan State. Michigan State can still pull it off, but that that'll give Davidson a fight, find the chance. And, right. and and I think the Izzo Shashevsky second round Ooh. coaching matchup it means a lot to the NCAA to get a game oh, like that. What great great good call on that. Good call. I didn't even know. I didn't even notice that. So I I believe equation, my friends money ratings. Yeah, against Izzo. Yep. So, and I think that would be a, be a prime time game on Saturday on Sunday night. So, so that would be their last game. Play. So <laughs> the rest are gonna let them play. It gives a really big game. Because yep. my thing is before Chad goes is if Shashevsky is gonna get knocked out, Izzo is the guy that they NCA would want to have him knocked out. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I think. So there's gonna be a lot surrounding that game. Right. Absolutely. Hundred percent. What do you think, Chad? No, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think, I think Michigan State here. You gotta look at the corporate governance with Izzo. Um, it's a pick 'em type game. Um, you're getting, I think, minus one fifteen on the money line. I'm minus one twenty. Right. So yeah, I like, I like, I like Michigan State here. Um, yeah, I think that matchup in the second round is huge. Uh, they'll they'll do enough to win this game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I like I like Michigan State here. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. 
Big time, big time. All right. Very exciting. You're going to be very excited when we watch these games. That's why it's almost like Christmas this time of year. Uh, all right. Well, Chad's going to go first on this one. His favorite team, Colgate. Plus eight against Wisconsin. Josh, let's see if you're right. Let's see if you're right, Josh. <laughs> Chad, did you watch the pod last night? No, I, I didn't. Okay. Let's see if Josh is right. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, I mean, man, in this game, I I, I'm, I like Colgate here. Um, <laughs> they, they can really shoot the ball, score at a high clip. They shoot free throws at an elite percentage. Um, they got two two big men they can throw at you. Um, you know, so you get kind of one of them gets in foul trouble. They got they got two. Um, you know, and I just, if they're hitting shots here, I like them plus the eight. But I, I think that if they're hitting shots in this one, and Wisconsin goes cold from the outside, this could be a very dangerous game for Wisconsin, and and Colgate could could possibly pull out the the win outright here. So. I like Colgate plus eight points here, um, and I, I, I'm going to sprinkle that money line. I think Colgate's got a chance to win this game. Good call, Josh. Good call. <laughs> well, I, I was predict- I think it was off camera because we did like a knee-jerk NCAA thing last night real quick, and I think it was off the podcast. I predicted that Chad was going to pick Colgate. I was yeah, yeah. the upset. That's his favorite team all year, Colgate, but he's been watching it. What do you think, Dylan? Yeah, well, when you're looking at some of the numbers here, I mean, Colgate is the second best three-point shooting team in the country. They shoot a little over 40% from beyond the arc, which is pretty outrageous. Meanwhile, uh, Wisconsin's shooting 31% from deep. Wisconsin's got star power, Johnny Davis, Brad Davison's. They've got a little bit of experience, which uh, experience in March definitely matters. Um I think if Colgate gets off to a, hard, a hot start, they're going to cover this number, though. That's the key, right? Um, where are they playing? They are playing in. Uh, it's not going to be a familiar gym, right? So. Oh, look at this. They're playing in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to have – it's a home game for Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. That's a yeah, tough a- game. It's a tough game. The reason I give the edge to Wisconsin is because they're so fundamentally sound. Uh, and both are pretty decent with offensive rebounds. Wisconsin obviously played better competition, and the turnover percentage for Colgate is just too high. Um, and it's going to be because it's that first half. You're playing an unfamiliar gym. Got to get used to shooting threes in a game at that gym. Definitely going Wisconsin first half line. Uh, maybe Colgate second half line because it's a veteran team. They're in the NCAA class here. They'll start shooting the, the threes late. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Wisconsin yeah. for sure is going to win the game. This is rest. They're not getting any calls. Colgate's not getting any calls. Too much money involved, right? You win, you make too much money, and obviously the Big Ten <laughs> seems like they paid off the committee, right? Because all these teams that, that were in that should not have been in. Uh, again, the money pressure, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the refs in a game against Colgate to, to favor the whistle for Wisconsin. Right. The, the, the thing I will say about, about Wisconsin, and I'll, I'll 
saying about Arizona too. Those are the two teams that I can remember through all the NCAA tournaments that have the hiccup in the first round is Wisconsin with the Bo Ryan teams. He lost a couple of games in the first round that he should right. never have lost. Then the Arizona same I'm not saying Wisconsin's going to lose this, but yeah. I think Colgate could keep this close. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, Chad, Chad knows Colgate really well. I'm going to go with Chad on this. I think Colgate's going to keep this game close. I think Wisconsin playing at home, a lot of pressure on them. Need to, you know, should win that game. Who knows? Colgate gets off to the hot stat, like Dylan and Chad said. I mean, Colgate's do you remember what happened? Remember what happened last year this time? They got off to a super hot start against Arkansas. Yeah. They 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 had Arkansas on the ropes for a while. They stormed back, but they had him on the ropes. They faded, they faded late. They did, they did. I, I think it's gonna happen. I think they the second half they're gonna get their stride and maybe cover. So I think that's so, this is Colgate plus plus the eight. So this could be one of those games where the coaches just say, Hey guys, keep it close at halftime. And right. then let us come in and make the adjustments and maybe we you know we pull out they don't, they're not going to say the upset, but they pull out the game and they win it. So, but I think they can cover the eight points. And I think it might even go up before the game starts. I mean, they can make it up close yep. to 10. I agree. I agree. That, that's the key. That boom, you, you hit it, right? Some games you bet right away, some games during the week, some games you wait. This is a game you wait for the line to balloon. Because Wisconsin is not Kentucky, they're not world beaters. Actually, he hasn't called me, but if the coach calls me, I would tell tell him to play boxing one, to, to play zone on everybody else. And Johnny Davis, the NBA guy on Wisconsin, um, he was complaining this year about the Big Ten, how physical they are. You're in the Big Ten, that's physical. Play physical against him, try to you know, knock him off his game, give thank you cards to the refs for doing a good job for the game. Uh, and... Uh, and do boxing one against Johnny Davis, right? And uh, bet Colgate as that line balloons with all the people betting Wisconsin in the Midwest. All the Illinois people can't bet on Illinois, but they can bet Wisconsin. Same thing in Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, all the states. And, and again, all the Big Ten teams too, right? New casinos, maybe that's why they got so many teams in. New casinos in the Midwest, they're all going to be betting Big Ten teams, ballooning those lined up. Last one, man. We'll go to Dylan, our yep. Big East expert. Seton yeah, Hall. here we go. So, Seton Hall against TCU. Uh, both these teams are very, very strong on the uh, defensive side. Um, they have nearly identical defensive efficiency ratings, so there's no clear edge there. Um, Seton Hall is significantly better at the free throw line, but TCU has a massive advantage on in the offensive rebounding category. Ooh. Uh, both coaches do have NCAA tournament experience, but um, I think Jamie Dixon's going to have the Horn Frogs ready to play, and I would definitely like TCU and to pick him against Seton Hall. I don't think Seton Hall has uh, – they haven't really impressed me that much in Big East play. They think after Bryce Aiken went down for them, that was a big loss for them offensively especially. And um, something I will look for in this game, however – um, I love uh, Kevin Willard on the second half line. He's great at halftime adjustments. If you right. if you find uh, Seton Hall down by like more than more than five ish at the half, that'll be something to look at um, at the break. But I, I, I like to see you in this game and pick them. Yeah, I agree with Dylan. I think um, you know I watch I watch a little bit of the TCU uh, 
come back. Very impressed with them. Uh, Dixon did not did not get you know out of control. Stayed stayed confident, stayed calm with this team. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be in the sixties. Another game that I don't think is going to spurt out. I think it's going to stay in the sixties. I like TCU in this game. These eight nine games are always tough to pick um, because of the teams that are involved. But uh, I like TCU. I think they're going to pull it out. I think they're going to do just enough on the defensive end down the stretch to win this game. So Love it. Love it. 100% agree. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. I like TCU here in this one. and It's a pick em. I just – TCU is going to have a little bit more here to, to, to pull it out. Um, I just think TCU is a little bit better team. Seton Hall has kind of been just hanging on the end of the year, been pretty inconsistent. Um, so, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm with you guys on TCU. Nice, nice. Now, this man, Jason, we love Jason. We want to make as much money in the NCAA tournament as he made during the season. And two games, that's why I have the five TVs. But I'm not going to need all five, but I'm going to need four. These two games are going to be at the same time on Friday. Two undercover games, which is really good. Uh, Big 12. Dylan and Chad know how much I love the Big the the Big West. I mean, yeah, Big West. We rolled all the rest of those tournament games at the end for profit during uh, season. Uh, Cal State Fullerton has better athletes than Duke, and you're getting 19 points in the championship of the Big West. They beat uh, Long Beach State. Long Beach State kind of chokes a little bit, but they beat them. They played well. And they beat Long Beach State, Coach Munson, who was the original coach who got Gonzaga in the tournament and made a run with them in the tournament. He's a coach at Long Beach State, and Cal State Fulton beat him. This is a disciple of Miller at Arizona. So this disciple of Miller was paying cash for recruits. And he, he knew he knew uh, tomorrow we're doing the horse racing part. Scott. Don't commit two crimes at the same time. Know your surroundings. He knew he needed to get out of Arizona. He got out of Arizona, paying recruits, and he's paying guys over here. The Fullerton now is legal. I like them to cover Duke. Duke's going to win the game. But I like covering the plus 19. Chad, you, you, you watched, you were actually at a Big West game this year. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that is a lot of points. Um, you know, I don't think. Shashevsky right now is worried about winning by 20, 20 plus points. I just think he's trying to advance and move on and keep it going. So I, uh, I, I think Fullerton's got a plenty of talent on that team to keep it within 19 points. So I'm with you. Yeah. Even a backdoor cover down by 30 rush at the end to lose by 12. What do you guys think? Uh, Scott and Dylan. So, so I'll go off of what I said last night. First of all, I'm going to take Cal state Fullerton with the points. Duke is like North Carolina was a few years ago. This is Krzyzewski's last tournament, last year. Those kids are going to be under so much scrutiny, so much pressure, so much intensity that one or two mistakes, I'm not saying it's going to be a close game, but I'm just setting the stage when you bet. One or two mistakes in a close game is going to cost Krzyzewski his career. It not cost his career, but it's gonna end his end his career. It's gonna end it. So 
Cal State Fullerton is going to keep this game in the teens, probably for most of the game. Duke has not shown a propensity to, to blow anybody out lately. So I'm going to take Cal State Fullerton. But when you bet after this, be very careful if you, you like it, like Duke, that they're going to cover any spread because at any time that team lately has shown a propensity for right. not being able to come up ACC championship game, North Carolina, Krzyzewski's last home game, they failed. Those kids are young, inexperienced, Too much very spread. talented, but I like Cal State Fullerton to cover the spread. So just be aware of that fact, as we talked about last night, Krzyzewski's last run here. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I, th I think you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head with all those points. Um, you know, Josh, you kind of got me into betting the Big West a little bit this year. I feel like Fullerton. <laughs> I feel. I, I feel like Fullerton was covering for us all the time. So, um, and yeah, it's a lot of pressure on those kids. And I, I do Duke, Duke will win the game, but I totally agree with Scott that they might not cover at all. Like no matter how many games they keep going on in the tournament here, so and they can make an early exit to Izzo. Who knows? Like we just said, we love those Duke completed lines. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> And then last game, man, we did them all. We do the NFL. Last game of the first round. Iowa State Cyclones. I watched them on YouTube against LSU. LSU has more talent. Um, their coach has coached before. And uh, this is an audition for him, but then be a player. Spot and pay for it and be a player. What do you guys think about this game? I'm going to have to look into this game a little bit more. But didn't LSU's coach, didn't he just get – He got he just fired. Got fired. Yep. Yep. He got fired because he's paying players. He got caught on tape talking about it over the phone. Scott and I talk about it in the, in the uh, Horse Racing to Crime. This is a life maxim, right? We talk about life maxims on that true crime podcast. True crime, you don't get anywhere else, right? Life's lesson. Do not commit two crimes at the same time. So he's paying players and then talking about it on the phone. So every single phone conversation you have, every single text you have, consider it like you're writing to a judge or you're talking to the FBI. There's no such thing as an unrecorded phone conversation, people. You're making a conspiracy, right? It's talking about a crime. So Will Wade, coach at LSU, not only was paying players not illegally, he was breaking NCAA regulations, right? We talk about that on the podcast. Big difference between doing something illegal versus doing something unethical. And then you have boards, right? You have the racing boards here. It's the NCAA, which is a board. They can penalize you within the NCAA. And then LSU... Really wanted to get rid of the guy because they didn't like him because LSU doesn't care about NCAA relations. So Woodward was kind of shading himself. The AD fire fire Ed Orgeron, right? And uh Joe Burrow and stuff fires Will Wade. So that, that's what went down there. But the assistant has uh experience and he has a lot of talent against Iowa State, which is a good team. Um but physically, they're not as talented as LSU. Right. So, so that this is an interesting game to kind of handicap. 
I would yeah. love to take Iowa State in this situation because of all that turmoil, but I just can't. I think LSU is it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I just think LSU is going to have enough um, in the in the end to win this game. I think their rebounding is is pretty good. Um, I think they're going to shoot the ball pretty well. Um, yeah, maybe maybe LSU on the money line minus one ninety. Yeah, it yeah could what, be. that's the best bet. What is this? What is the spread? Four. Four. That's uh, tough, right? If, uh, with yeah. all this coaching turmoil, if there was no coaching turmoil, this probably would be a, a slam dunk pick. But with all the – how do you know how the kids are going to react to this? I mean – that, And that's the thing to research, right? Um, I don't – San Diego, if they were, I would research how much they like the assistant. Yeah. Because sometimes these coaches sit in every tower, they don't even talk to the player. The only one that coaches them are the assistants, right? Yeah, and I, I know we're da- I'm dating us, Josh, but remember Steve Fisher at Michigan when he right. took over in 89, what happened? He, they went they went all the way. They went all the way. It can happen. Yeah. Else, yeah. And I don't – has, has there been a situation like that since Fisher? Yeah, it's happened a few times where the, the teams kind of they, – they, they fire the coach. They have a lot of talent. Just like LC, they have a lot of talent. They yeah. fire the coach. The assistant's the guy who's really been coaching him the whole year. Yep. He takes him to the Elite Eight or takes him to the Final Four. It's happened two, three times after that. You know what? I'm going to take Iowa State with the points. I, I'm going to take Iowa, I'm going to take LSU with the money line, Iowa State with the points. That That's the way I'm going to go on this. Right. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on both. And, uh, you know, one of them is probably going to come back and win us. So right. that's, the, that's the way I'm going to go with this. And I'm gonna. I would. I'm, gonna I'm probably gonna go that, under. I think I'm gonna well. go LSU minus four. I think they're gonna blow him out because of the way the coach was talking. He was talking very confident, and he was talking about the rapport he had with the player. Yeah, I like maybe LSU to be mad at the situation. It, it, you know, almost like in high school when a popular guy goes to jail, he did something wrong, everybody gets mad. Whatever. <laughs> We used to blow out whoever we played in high school. I think that's going to be that kind of situation. So I like LCU minus the four. But and that's where you see. guys to know the younger generation better than we do. And that's where you see Will Wade as his next job as a high school basketball coach. So <laughs> no college is going to hire him. He's going to be paying there in Christ the King in New York. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be paying the best eighth grade players to go over there. What do you think, Dylan and Chad? This again, I'm gonna have to keep looking at a little more. Um, originally, I would have leaned Iowa State plus the four, just thinking it's gonna go down to like the last shot. What I definitely do like here, I definitely love the under in this one. Um, LSU is the fifth ranked defense in the country. Iowa right. State's the tenth ranked defense. This is the game that really should probably end up like in the fifties. It's a low total; it's like one twenty-seven. But um, this game, I still think goes under that. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I, I, so I, I, I don't know. I still got to do some research. I, I'm leaning LSU on the money line right now. Right, right. But I'm going to just take everything you guys talked about, take some more research in, leaning LSU money line. Uh, but but that's uh, still got to do some more on this game. I'm not 100%. No, nah, man, I'm very excited. I'm very, very excited. When you bet all these games like this, you need help. So thank you guys for joining me on this, helping me out. Last, final words, man. We'll go Scott, Dylan, and Chad. Final words. Arch Madness is here. It's, you know, this 
It's going by quick. And this year it's going to be fans. So it's going to be like the old March Madness before the pre-COVID. So um, enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know, just, just go to the window, get some bets in. Um, really? You know, be confident in what you bet and don't, don't. Listen you know, to the podcast. Listen to what Yeah. Doing. Yeah. So enjoy, enjoy the March Madness. And, you know, I, I love this time of year. So. Yeah. Absolutely. No, this is the best time of the year. And it's even better if you can make a little money during it as well. So. Definitely, I appreciate all your guys' knowledge and your input because it's just so much helpful. It's just, uh, so much more helpful than just going through picks myself and, uh, you know, getting getting confused in my own head. So you guys were able to clear a lot up for me. Exactly. And, and the beauty of the diversity here, right? Uh, Dylan is in Jamaica, New York, right? We've got uh, Scott up there in the uh, Massachusetts, right? Uh, Upper Mass. We used to call them yep. Mass Holes. Mass Holes, <laughs> yes. We <laughs> way up there. Yeah. Taxachusetts. San Diego. In the Diego here in Orange County, California. Uh, but Chad's a lot younger than I am. What do you think, Chad? Man, it, it starts tomorrow. So we're it's it's upon us. Really yeah, start tonight picking the games. Oh man, it's so it's so good to hear like Dylan said, the different perspective, right? To add the, yeah. the things I've changed tonight. And do not Look how much information we've gone through tonight, all the research we do. We, all of us have bachelor's degrees. I have an advanced degree. So we've done a lot of research. So we give you a lot of information. But do not pay Action Sports $500 to give you uh, picks and statistics about the NCAA. All you have to do is listen to a podcast, follow our Twitter and Instagram profiles, and um, you will if you're a sports fan will be able to monetize the ncaa tournament and pay for gap the, the putin inflation you can pay for it with picks and we're close with winston churchill who's Zelensky. they're comparing him to winston churchill they both walk the streets while an authoritarian force drop bombs on their head right winston churchill's case hitler in Zelensky's case, Vladimir Putin. And the opposite of their philosophy is what Winston Churchill said. We make a living from our labor, but we make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to ESBC Podcast Network. That's why this one don't cost $800. And that goes to us. And I don't know what that cost. I'm just shaking the word. That's why.